I always tell people, you have everything you've ever desired. It's like you're in a room and it's dark and you have everything you've ever wanted. For me, it's vegan cookies and a bunch of other things. But like everything you've ever wanted is in that room. But you got to turn on the lights. We just don't see it. So it's never about making money. It's never about becoming who you are. It's noticing that you're already that. It all begins by understanding the mind. I want to be happy now. I don't care about the future. I want to be happy right now. You are not alone. You are never, ever, ever alone in this. It's helped my voice grow and given me freedom to be creative on my own. I'm Christina Barcy. Welcome to Be Bold Begin, a podcast dedicated to you, the creative, the healer, and the innovator. The topics and conversations we have here are designed to help you discover what might be getting in your way and offer you tools, techniques, and guidance to move through them. I live in the imposter's body more than I live in my own body. I don't have to feel like I don't deserve this. This is where creativity and healing intersect. If you decide to be bold and begin, you have the opportunity to feel humbled and empowered. I totally believe that. I'm a certified Kaizen Muse creativity coach, a certified Reiki energy healer, and an entrepreneur, artist, and presenter. I will share with you my experiences, my proven tools and techniques that helped me and my clients and loved ones shift and expand in the areas they most desired. This is a gentle and open space where you will hear how others are being bold to encourage you to begin your own journey or expand the one you're on. This is Be Bold Begin. Hi, welcome back. This is Barcy, your host. And I'm going to start today by saying that I'm really excited about the guest we're bringing on. Her name is Melissa Reese, and she is a soulful business coach powerhouse that mentors mystical offbeat entrepreneurs to start and scale their business through a spiritually universal lens. Can you tell why she caught my eye? This basically describes me. <laughs> so Melissa had a former six-figure position as a TV producer for MTV, but then had an awakening that took her on a journey of discovering her true soul's calling. And from this, she launched her soulful business. And today we're really going to get into how this big shift came about in her life and the work she is doing now to help others realize their soul journey and this connection between that and building and scaling a business, which I love when these two things combine. She's also currently traveling across the country in an RV with her wife and her dog, King. So welcome, Melissa. Thank you for having me. This is actually my first podcast that I'm recording on the road as a guest. I've been recording my own podcast on a weekly basis. So it's just so nice to be here with you and to tune in and to share all the things. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Well, I'm excited to be the first. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to go wonderfully. And since you mentioned your podcast, do you want to just tell us what that is and how you share there? Yeah, I have a podcast called Waking Up with Melissa. And I kind of wanted a little play on word and like have people really dive into like, does she mean physically wake up with her in her bed? Or is it waking up from a soul level? And so regardless, Waking Up with Melissa is really about transformation. It's about activating our money channels. It's about stepping into our quantum self. And yeah, we kind of merge spirituality, empowerment, self-development, business. 
I love talking about business, although sometimes I know that it can be very triggering for people. I think three and a half years ago, when I first really felt this call to talk about spirituality, soul business and money, that was kind of taboo at the time. People were like, what are you doing? Do not mix money with spirituality. Those are two different things. And I was really creating that bridge and having a bigger conversation through the lens of energy. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I love that. And I feel obviously very attracted to this conversation. It's why we're here together at the moment. They feel so connected to me. Like, how do we separate it is kind of how it felt like to me, because we are spiritual beings, in my opinion. And what would it feel like to like lead with our soul and everything we did? And how would that change our experience with business as an entrepreneur? And then how would that change what we're putting into the world with our business? So to me, it's like inseparable, but I also was struggling with building the bridge to have the conversation in a way that people would understand it. So that's, we're going to dig into that more. I love that you started with that because I do think we're going to kind of go in that direction a lot because you're right. It can sound confusing. It can feel like they don't belong together. But when I think about the energy behind what you just shared, it's so like, ah, like a breath of fresh air, like, oh, I can just be myself and figure out how to lead from a place of truth and do business that way. Like it doesn't have to be like, oh, business. Like, Yeah. And I think it really just comes from the fact that like nobody has taught us how to do business in a new way. Hence why I'm writing my book now, New Earth Abundance. And it's really for people who are in business today who are soul led, heart driven and want to be in business in a way that feels juicy and connected to their mission and their dharma. And I think traditionally business has always felt kind of sticky and like you're getting people. And Mm -hmm. so as we continue to evolve as a species and as our planet continues to help us remember where we come from, I think things need to shift and somebody needs to continue to start to have the conversation. So yeah, I love to talk about money. I love to talk about business and I love to talk about how the two are connected and also have to do with our own money trauma. (laughs) Totally. I think all of that is just so fundamentally and foundationally important for all of us. And then also so shifting when you can begin to work with those things and see the results of changing them to serve us. So love that. We're going to dig into that, but I first want to hear a little more about you and sort of what you were doing before. Cause you know, outside in, I'm sure people were like, you're killing it. You have the dream job that a lot of people who go to, you know, LA or Hollywood kind of seek or look to achieve. And so I'd love to hear kind of what that was like for you, what changed, what the whole experience was like right before things kind of shifted into this new, I'm calling it new, but like the next chapter, I should say after that. Yeah. I think new is a good word because I oftentimes look in the mirror and I'm like, who is this new person? Like, who are you? (laughs) Like, who are you really? Why do you keep changing? But I think ultimately what's really coming through is, is that what changed was me. And I think that is what ultimately changes and shapes our life. It's not so much the exterior and the things that I was doing. And I would like to take an opportunity to say there's nothing wrong necessarily with TV or being a TV producer or 
or any of the arts or the creativity behind it. I just think that as I started to change myself, my views on how I looked at life changed so dramatically that I just couldn't be a part of conversations. I couldn't be part of different communities. The job that I was currently in, everything had shifted because I started to shift and I started to awaken to new truths because they were always there. I just wasn't aware of them. I was very much asleep at the wheel. I did have a dream job. I worked at MTV and other very successful networks. I was a development producer selling million dollar shows. And I was really proud of that job too. I went to school for journalism. I went to school for film. It was definitely something that I really enjoyed. I worked with celebrities. I grew up literally in the MTV studio, like, you know, just watching Wyclef Jean and Mary J. Blige and everybody, you know, in the 90s and Lady Gaga, Madonna and Justin Timberlake. Like it was such a cool time to be there and to be in that space. But ultimately, yeah, I always say that life body slammed me and... (laughs) I really had to surrender and everything was really being pulled away. And it really felt like I was being pulled at the seams. And it was really a time for me to discover my true nature and who I was beyond an MTV producer, a WNBA cheerleader, an overachiever, the person that didn't believe that a TV degree was enough. So I went back to school to get another degree as a gym teacher you know, and so, yeah, I think all of this, the underbelly and the reasoning why all of this existed was because there was a lot of scarcity instilled in me. There was a lot of fear. There was a lot of, I don't trust myself. What do I have to do to survive? What do I have to get? Who do I have to be in order to feel safe? And that did come from a lot of my ancestors and growing up the daughter of two immigrant parents that came here, not knowing the language. My sister was actually the first person to graduate college. And so there was a lot of different things that I had to break in order for me to set my own self free. And so life just gave me all those opportunities at that time to get a divorce, travel, leave my job. And it really did feel like a restart. It just really felt like I almost died and had another opportunity to create a new human. (laughs) Wow. So gosh, so much was shared. So thank you for that. Also so relatable when you talk about what do I need to get? Who do I need to be? You know, what is it that I'm missing here? You're very good at all of the things that you were doing. So I can see how confusing that becomes for, I think a lot of us relate to that where it's like, well, I'm really good at this thing that I do, but what's going on that isn't like syncing up, you know? And then you went back to school. It's like, we keep trying to solve the problem. So we're doing all these things to try to like get some be someone better or whatever that means, whatever we're trying to find out. I also am the daughter of two immigrant parents as well. And there is something very different about the scarcity mentality that comes with that package coming to this country. I think specifically as a immigrant, it's lonely and it's all about survival and it's like do or die all the time. (laughs) At least that's the rhetoric in the home. That's what it was like for us. Was that? Oh yeah. Oh, it was like that for me. It was like, you know, I don't have was my middle name. It's like, we don't have this. We don't have enough for that. Like there was just always like this lack, which really I've coined and people get really upset when I say this because it has nothing to do with like the physical money that you have in your bank account, but it is this poverty mindset and yeah. you can be rich and still have a poverty mindset. It's just like this, like never ending, glooming, you know, dark cloud over you where you're always waiting for something to 
go wrong. You're always yeah. you know, holding on to things for a rainy day. And like, that's part of that poverty mindset. And we get so used to that. Like, oh, save it for a rainy day. It's like, when is the rainy day? Like, why do I really need to save this? Like, life is happening right now. It's like every now moment, life is unfolding. And yet, again, we just don't trust ourselves. And now I'm not saying don't save money, okay? Because money does love to have a position, um, opportunity to do something. And so if you're intentionally placing it for it to grow in an account, a Roth account, whatever it is, like fine. But when we say like save money for a rainy day, like notice the energy there, right? It's like as if we're never going to get it again, or as if, you know, holding on to it somehow, some way it's going to magically grow some legs and like multiply money. (laughs) Money actually loses value every time you hold on to it, to be honest. Wow. Boom. That's knowledge drop right there. When you start to think about it that way. Yeah. But a lot of the things that really helped me get here was a very simple question. What happened during this time? Really, it was this question of how do I become happy? And how Mm -hmm. do humans become happy in general? And so it's interesting because everybody has a different way that they enter. We're always on the spiritual path. Like we never actually get on it. We're always there. It's just that we awaken, we understand where we are in position and in relationship to that. And so Mm. yeah, that question of how do I actually become happy? Because I started to understand that I was on this hamster wheel of why do I keep doing this other thing? Like, why do I feel like I need to be a performer and then a this and then a that? And and I couldn't rest. And I really surrendered. It was a really like a moment of dropping down to my knees and just feeling like, I can't do this anymore. You know, like this is really hard. Like I can't keep up. Like I physically can't keep up. I mentally can't keep up. I'm exhausted and I want to be happy. And what does that look like? And what do I have to do? And where are the happy people? Like introduce me to them because I want to get to know them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I think you just answered the question, but just so that we can clarify and just so that we're clear and understand it sounds like you were experiencing this sort of version of unhappiness, we'll call it just to simplify and noticed it, like allowed yourself to observe it and feel it and then realize that, well, then what's the opposite of that, right? It's happiness. So maybe I'm not happy. And then it went from there in terms of like, you just described this big moment right before about feeling really pulled. And is that part of this? Like, were there other things going on that kind of, yeah, yeah. there were, there were definitely a lot of things that were getting my attention. And this is why I always say like, you got to listen to spirit. You got to really tune into the whispers of the universe because this energy is always trying to communicate with us, but us humans are very hard headed and we kind of think that we know the way. And so I was very much in that place where I'm like, nope, this is going to happen. I'm going to stay in this marriage. I'm going to stay in this job. These are the things that I worked hard for. Like, I'm just going to keep going. And so it was a lot of dissatisfaction. It's just that I wasn't content anymore. It was that I had sold five shows as a TV producer that year, which is difficult to even sell one. And then realizing that like, there's just no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Like 
it's this illusion, right? That we're sold that like, when you get here, somehow, some way you will be any happier. But really what I found through mindfulness, yoga, meditation, Ayurveda, and just like really going within is that nothing actually outside of you makes you happy. Like that's actually the question that I had at the entry point of all of this. I really have come to understand that happiness really is cultivated by ourselves, our state of mind, our thinking, what we allow, what we don't allow, what we engage in, how we eat, how we are in relationship with the world. It's created within us. And so that was a shift for me because I didn't know that at the time. I felt like, well, if I become this, then I will be happy. When I do that, then I will. And so I was always waiting for this moment. And so really to tie this conversation up, it was this very simple moment in my career where I felt like I'm doing all of the things and why does it feel like there's still something missing? I got married and I bought a home and I have a BMW and I have a car, but like, it's just this like echoing inside of me that there's something missing. And then of course that relationship fell apart because it had to. And so that really grabbed my attention. I was like, whoa, what just happened? What is this? Why is this not working? What's going on? And I really felt as we all do when we have heartbreak and relationship, like, oh my God, the world's really ending. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it does feel that way. Yeah, the, what goes on? What do I do? Who am I now? And again, I think, you know, a lot of mystics and North leaders talk about, you know, that who I am question. The question of like, who am I? Like, like, who am I really? Like, who am I? Like, and how do I know who I am? And which version am I? Am I the version that looks back at the mirror? Am I the version from yesterday? And again, just digging deeper and deeper and realizing I'm nobody. I'm everybody and nobody and somebody. I'm beyond label, beyond form. And you kind of mentioned the human part of us. And really from what my understanding is, is that there's actually two parts to us. There is the being part that's connected to the quantum highest realm, right? This like version of us that's connected to the totality of the planet and the consciousness and the universe, right? What people say is the highest self. Mm -hmm. cosmic self and then there is the human that is you know full earth and dense and has its ego and its form and we have to navigate the waters of our emotions and our desires and so it's finding the balance and so mm -hmm. I was very much operating just in my human self and I think a lot of people are operating yeah. their human self until they start to realize like oh I'm not just that. I'm not just my form. I'm not just how I look or my nationality or even my gender. Like what's beyond that? And a good question to ask is like, where did I come from? We came from somewhere. My soul, if it's energy, came from somewhere that can't be destroyed or created. So like, where is that somewhere? And so anyways, I could get really kooky and into like a lot of quantum physics and meditation and things like that. But yeah, all of that one question how do people become happy and who am I really led me to a lot of these yeah, breakthroughs? Yeah, those are huge questions to ask. Those are the things that, you know, old philosophers were bringing to the table for the first time, you know, who am I, right? Especially. And I love what you said about it being an inner journey and it's not an outer journey. It's we live in a world that's very action obsessed. And again, not to say that action isn't needed and necessary. Like you do need all the things that you just described to kind of work together. You need the balance like you shared. But if we don't do that part that is beginning with ourselves, 
then the action isn't driven by a lot of intention or bringing in necessarily what we truly desire. So thank you for sharing it that way. I love quantum physics, by the way, we could totally do a conversation just about that and have a lot of fun. It's like all the wormholes we could go down through the ways we can start to like reach for things to bring in and start to explore. But I'm going to bring us back to that point of like, so we asked those questions and then there are these entry points that help us kind of like focus and begin something almost that's a little different. And I know yoga was a big part of your journey. Do you want to talk about how that kind of came into the timeline of all of this and how it started to kind of help with this shift in a way that kind of like combines body and mind and spirit and all of the things at once? So I think it's a great way to get introduced to kind of a new version of ourselves, but I'd love to hear your perspective on how that came in for you and how that served you and what you think is so powerful about yoga in this journey. Thank you for asking about yoga and the philosophy behind yoga. It's been such a journey for me. And I wanted to share first, there is always something for everyone. And so if it's not yoga, it's breath work, it's meditation, it's mindfulness. Like there's an entry point that serves the purpose of connecting us to this, what I call the void, right? Like the vast nothingness that is connected to awareness that allows us the space to reflect who we truly are. Mm. So it's an access point. And so for me, it just so happened that I was working as a TV producer and I had a friend who just like really saw me stressed as fuck all of the time. She was like, what's going on with you? Like, I know you're going through a divorce, but like, you look like you are falling apart. Like what goes on? And told me that she was a yoga teacher and that I should come take her class. And at that time I was really into CrossFit and I was like, that sounds like lame and boring. But I went and as most people that go to yoga had this like huge, like groundbreaking moment at the end of the class where I was just sobbing. And I was like, what's going on with me? What is wrong? Like what happened? Nothing hard happened. I'm just, I'm laying there. And I think that was really the first time that I had like experienced myself that I allowed myself to like let go and just like be in the moment because I was one of those people who was very obsessed with doing like I was always doing something I never rested my mind was always going even when I slept or before I was going to sleep everything was just like constantly making a list like I just never knew that that wasn't actually normal Mm. and that we're not supposed to operate that way, but that was my natural baseline. And so what happened was after that, the same person invited me to a yoga teacher training and I rejected that so many times. And this is why this will tie into my soul business and why I'm so passionate about this, because I kept telling this person, no, this is not for me. I don't want to become a yoga teacher. Why am I going to go to Morocco? Like I'm going to get fired. I can't, you know, take 27 days off of work. Like how? Like it just was so beyond my reality. And I remember this person asked me this one thing and they were like, when are you going to do something for yourself? Uh, And it kind of pissed me off, but at the same time activated the like, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go because you're right. Like, when am I going to do something for myself? I'm always here at this job and, you know, slaving away and being a wife and doing all of the other things that I was doing at that time. And so my biggest fear came true because I did get fired actually. And that has to do 
with how I connected to energy, the laws of the universe manifestation, because I was in Morocco on a hammock. And I remember looking up to the sky and feeling for a moment, it was pretty brief, but for a moment I was like, oh, I can kind of hear myself. Like I don't have anxiety. I'm not overthinking. It was just like, it was short, but like I felt it. And I remember saying to the universe, like, I wish I can do this forever. Like, I wish I can do this. I didn't know what this was, but the very next day there was a sandstorm. I missed my flight. I sent my boss a message and I was like, I can't go, you know, like I'll be at work on Monday. And as I was going through TSA, I got this email basically saying, I don't need your services. Yeah. Two things became really clear at that moment, which was one, like, I'm never going to fucking let anybody fire me. Like the Latina came out and I was like, oh, hell no, no, you didn't. Because I know this is an ego driven decision. I know I'm very good at what I do. Mm. And then two, that ego death started to like really set in this full panic. Mm. I've never felt like panic like that in my life, just like full panic. And that's where I started to like peel back and be with myself and witness all of these like layers dying. And yeah, it was really powerful. And so when I came back, I had that yoga certificate. And so at that point, I was like, okay. I guess we're becoming a yoga teacher, even though I didn't come here for that. I came here to just practice a little more and to do something for myself. But the next day I started teaching. I had no voice actually. And yeah, the more I taught, the more I kept reading the yoga sutras of Patanjali, the more I kept living this life of giving up alcohol for about six years, becoming vegan for about five years. And it's not about that. Like, I think people get really mixed up with that message. They're like, well, plant-based is not for everybody. And it's like, just listen to your fucking body. Like, it's not for everybody. (laughs) But I will say that your body is your temple. It is your home. And there's something about when you empty out that starts to activate the cells within your body that's connected to infinite potentiality. There truly is no difference between you and a famous person, you and the person that's a billionaire. Like there isn't like people think that there is, but like that person is not any more special than you are. But if you watch the way they move, if you see the way they eat, if you see the type of circles and the conversations that they entertain, that's the difference. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I started doing. I started reading more. I started cleansing my body. I started letting go of toxic thoughts, toxic people, just toxic everything. And yeah, magic started to happen. I started to think different. I started to make different decisions. I felt different. I literally felt different. I felt like a new human, like a different one, (laughs) at least. Yeah. I think that that happens for sure. When we take these types of intentional, intuitive, very in tune steps for ourselves, and we can continue to make different decisions. If, like you said, listen to your fucking body. Like if there's something that you're like, all right, I think I'm done with this part of it, or I need to shift into a different way, or, you know, it's going to evolve and change too. So make like, there's room for all of that, but the takeaway, I think of what you just shared is the, you know, what am I going to do for myself? That's yeah. going to bring me to a place that will allow space for us to make a different choice. Even if it's a small little, like thing you do in the morning for a couple of weeks that's different that then creates space for another different choice it doesn't have to be a big like life overhaul I'm just saying that for the listeners who everyone's at a different stage of what feels overwhelming and not 
and it all comes in different for all of us, but making these choices for ourselves is really the key. It's what are we choosing? And sometimes we wake up and realize, holy fuck, I didn't choose any of this, or I didn't do it with my eyes open. All of the things we do, our choices, their decisions we've made, which kind of reminds me of like the part in your story where you're like, I have the car, I have the marriage, I have the house. You know, those are decisions that you made and you were holding on to them because you fought for those and you got those things. And it makes sense that we want to hold on to those things. But if they're not serving us anymore, it can be kind of shocking when we wake up to that. And then what, right? So it's like, how do we start to walk through this misalignment that we've now come to realize? Yeah. And it can be kind of painful sometimes, but that's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable and painful. And then we find ways to kind of bring in more of that peace, like yoga, for example, like entry points, right? That's where the entry points become really, really useful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. many just things that you're bringing up especially around yoga philosophy and why this tool for me really radically changed my life. Yoga is the science of the mind. And so a lot of people think yoga is about, you know, moving your body and doing these shapes, but that's just one component that's actually really low in the eight limbs of yoga. But the Mm -hmm. practice of the yamas and the niyamas, which are the ethical presets of yoga, really teach you how to become the master at witnessing. Mm -hmm. And so the more I started to become the master of witnessing my mind and really how chaotic it was. And, you know, they call this in meditation, the monkey mind, right? Because it kind of just like, for no apparent reason, just like jumps around from thought to thought. And we believe that every single thought that we have is who we are, but your mind is actually not the most reliable source. Our emotions are also not the most reliable source. And so a lot of people think, and they're associated with their mind body, and they believe that everything that they have a thought is true. Or, you know, if I have a feeling, I'm afraid I'm this fear. I have found that the thing that is closest to my own truth is tuning into my energy. And so it's just like really going even deeper and connecting and attuning to the energy that I'm sitting with, the energy of the room. And that I find that actually energy don't lie. Like you can really just like feel into the density of it and use our intuition, our inner compass to really figure out and discern what goes on here. How do I actually really feel? And so yoga really was an anchor for me at a time where it had some structure. It does have this philosophy around Santosha being content, which I really was interested in. Like, oh yeah, what is contentment? And, you know, Apahigraha, which is the attachment, right? And how we get attached to things and to labels. And so it already had the ancient philosophy of a lot of these things that I was already interested in. And so the more I learned, the more I realized like, oh, there's like an actual science to this. Like this actually makes sense. And I think we all kind of stumble into work that for no apparent reason, when we read it, your body, your soul knows that it's true. And so that kind of started to happen to me. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. I believe this. Absolutely. We shouldn't manipulate people to make sales. We shouldn't manipulate my lover to stay with me. And Mm. those were all, again, new concepts because I was doing that. Mm. I was that person that was like, no, don't leave. Like, what can I do to convince you to stay? Like, I learned a new way. I keep saying, you know, how to be human because, and I love Eckhart Tolle's work. He does a lot of this in, you know, New Earth. 
but it really felt like that. Like it really felt like, you know, the way I was operating before didn't really work out because I didn't really like who I was. And that took a lot for me to admit to myself that I didn't Mm -hmm. like who I was. I didn't like how I operated. I was tired of smoking cigarettes until, you know, my anxiety went away, which never went away, which led to chain smoking and over drinking and passing out and not making the best decisions. And again, it wasn't just because of that, but you see, there was just so many parts that weren't working. And, you know, I always tell our students, you don't have to be ready because I don't think we are ever ready. You just have to be willing. And I was so willing. I was so willing to almost do anything. I was so willing to try something different because my way really wasn't working out for me. Ah, wow. So much said. I thank you for sharing all of that. And that last part about being willing is I always say there's power in decision-making and that's very tied to what you just shared because it's less about being ready. It's like that start before you're ready phrase. That's what all of that means. That's what people are saying. It's more about what do you really want and are you willing to try to do it different? And that's it. It doesn't have to be this big thing because all the other stuff is already big enough, right? That we're trying to change. (laughs) So why add and complicate the part of starting? Like, it's just, are we willing to start? Are you willing to start? What a great question. Yeah. And are you willing to see what's on the other side? I think for me, I really love being outdoors and hiking, hence why I'm doing this van life. And it's just such a great opportunity to get into nature, which nature itself is the elements, right? And the elements are beings that have been here before us. They're not Mm -hmm. just a rock. It's, you know, ancient, ancient grandmother rock. And it's not just fire, it's ancient grandfather fire and sky. And when there's just these beings that have been here before that really, if we tune into them, we can learn. And I really see things as like a mountain, right? Because I love hiking and I love like climbing mountains. But I was sharing this with our students the other day. You know, it's so interesting what happens when you climb for a really long time. It's like, you're so desperate to get to the top. And you're like, oh, I can't wait to get to the top to rest. And then you get to the top and nothing happens. <laughs> Just go back down. You know, like you would think, you know, something groundbreaking would happen, but nothing happens. You just sit and you absorb it all and you take a deep breath and you look back and you're like, well, I did that. It's always the journey, right? It's always like, oh, that was difficult, but I'm here. It was yeah. always, oh, I wanted to give up, but I'm still here. And so it's that willingness to see what is on the other side, what is on the other side of fear. You know, a lot of people get scared with fear, but I work directly with the energy of resistance, which is connected to the energy of fear. They're like best friends. Mm -hmm. Fear to me means lean in. It means go. It doesn't mean run away. It means run into. It means there's something there. It means there's a lesson. Something is available. You're going to have a breakthrough here. And so fear and resistance can be a beautiful teacher, but nobody shows us that it's safe to connect with fear because we think it's part of this animalistic survival. I feel fear. So everything has to shut down. It's like, no, we no longer live in that world. We are pretty safe. You're safe. Animals are not going to come attack you. But how can we, again, connect back to the safety of our body? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, thank you for that. Cause fear is and scarcity, all the things we're talking about, I think will really feed getting into the business 
side yeah. of how we are as entrepreneurs or starting a business or being afraid to start one. But before we do that, I want one more distinction because you made a really interesting distinction that I think is super important. And I'd love to hear your way of pulling this apart, which is, you know, we are not thoughts. We're not our emotions. We're not every thought. We're not every emotion. Like that doesn't define who we are and tapping into energy, but energy is something we have to feel. So can you help us understand the difference between emotions we feel and energy we feel like how can we start to tune into the intuitive part of ourselves that still kind of is experienced as a feeling versus emotions that we're more maybe attuned to when we are growing up or whatever yeah I have an exercise that I share and so I'll share it here on the podcast it's very easy people always say I got to download and this is going to answer this question people will say I got to download because I always ask people how do you know the difference between a thinking thought and a download. How do you know the difference between I received something and I'm thinking something? And really, when you are connected in a place within yourself, could be nature, could be meditation, could be mindfully washing the dishes, where you're allowing your channel to be open and something pops in, that's a download. Mm -hmm. When you're worrying, when you have fear, when you're predicting, when you're attached, when you're trying to manipulate, when you're trying to figure out, when you're not basically in the present moment, that's when we're disconnected from our ability to allow things to drop into our body. And so when you have a thinking thought, that's not a download. That's not a received thought. And I'm not telling you to never have a thinking thought. We have thinking thoughts all of the time. But again, we need to balance them out because oftentimes our thinking thoughts then set our emotion and our emotional body. And remember what I said, your thinking thoughts are not the most reliable source of who you are. This happened to me the other day. I actually recorded a whole podcast about this. I'm on the road and I've become the master of observing my thoughts. And I saw this fear, this resistance literally at my doorstep. It's a kind of analogy, but if I opened my door, I knew it was going to come in. It was right there. It's like fear. Can you do this? How are you going to do this? It's been this many days. Can you keep up? It was all of this fear. And I have this little Buddha at the front of my car and it's a laughing Buddha with a big belly and a head back. And in that moment, I just started to crack up because I saw what was happening. And in my mind's eye, I told myself, wow, you just think about a lot of bullshit. Like, (laughs) And I didn't know if the Buddha was laughing at me, but we were both laughing at the same time. And it's just an example that when we don't learn to observe the mind, we get engulfed or what Eckhart Tolle calls possessed. We get possessed by our thoughts and we get possessed by our feeling. And so now you're not depressed. You are the depression. Mm. You're not afraid. You are the scarcity. You are the fear. You become engulfed in it. And there's no separation. You cannot distinguish between the you and the connected being and the human self that's engulfed and possessed by all of it. And so it's a long explanation, but I want you to do this exercise with yourself for your listeners, for whoever is tuning in that ask yourself, where did I get this thought? Mm. This is very simple. Where did I get this thought? Oh, I got this thought while I was in the shower and I wasn't really thinking about anything. And then boom, it was there. Okay, good. That's your intuition that's speaking. Mm. Oh, I got this thought when I was, you know, trying to figure out how I was going to pay for this coach or pay for this thing that I really wanted. Okay. That's really connected to my fear and my scarcity. That's not a reliable thought. (laughs) Not a reliable thought. That's going to produce a lot of unstable feelings that again, I always go back Mm. with manifesting. This is kind of a little bit off topic, 
but people love to manifest with their mind. If I can see it, if I can, you know, touch it, you know, it's going to happen. And this will sometimes manifest. It's a good practice. If you see it, it's good, but it's not the best way to manifest. Some people will tell you, you got to feel it, feel Mm -hmm. like you're sitting in the car. And this is a better way to manifest. But it's also still not the most reliable. And this is why I always tell people, you got to calibrate to the energy of your desire. When we connect to the energetic field of what we're calling in, that is the best and fastest way to manifest anything in your life because it's not attached to you having to do something because your mind is trying to trick your reality and Mm. also your emotions. It's like everything is trying to trick you to get into that state, which will only last for so long. And so I actually see a lot of people do this in their soul business, and they actually create quite a bit of wealth, and then they lose it all. And it's because Mm. they haven't fully calibrated to that energy. And so yeah. Yep. I 100% agree. It's been a journey for me too, to figure out the difference and to experience like just experimenting with different versions energetically is definitely the fastest way. And also the way that is the most, it'll stay. It just stays that way. You're now calibrated to it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just to further bring this point home. The way that you know is one is connected to the void. One is connected to the ether, infinite intelligence, the vortex where we come from, right? It's the place where we are connected to our quantum self, the one Mm -hmm. that knows no limits and it's not afraid about what so-and-so is going to say. So when you're in that place and you're connected to that channel, that's the best way. The other way is connected to a lot of the thinking thoughts that are producing some of these feelings. And so the feeling, it's good. People always say, you know, connect to your feelings. It's also your inner compass. Yeah, but where do those feelings come from? Did they come from scarcity and fear because you kept overthinking and overplaying and overpredicting and overanalyzing? Or did it come from a place of grander perspective? You still get the feeling, but they come from two different places. And so you have to become the master. And this is why practices like mindfulness, yoga, meditation are so good. And they actually fucking work because they take you to that limitless place. They force you to quiet down Mm. and to get good at listening to yourself rather than being a slave to your mind. This is the last thing I'll say, you know, once upon a time when I started moving through all of this, I don't know how and when and why I did this, but I remember the inner part of me, my inner being telling myself I was going to become the student of my spirit and I was no longer going to become the student of my mind. And I had been the student of my mind for so long. And so I was a slave to my mind. Everything my mind wanted to do, I did it. And I switched And as I switched and I became the student of my own inner being, my spirit, I started to be led. Mm, That's such a wonderful definition that you just shared of how to decipher in an exercise. And the way you explained it is so wonderful. And I love what you just said about becoming a student of your spirit. Yeah. That needs to be like written somewhere so that people can go, am I being a student of my spirit? And how do I 
do that. Like, I love that. I love that. Thank you for that. Let's connect that to how you work with solopreneurs or entrepreneurs, or you like to call your students. Let's connect the two and see, I would love to learn what it is that you love about working specifically with this group of people. Like what is yeah. it that you're kind of passionate about in that area? I know we talked a little bit about it, but just to kick us off into this part of the conversation and then, you know, how you begin to get people to scale and build something that they're really in love with. Yeah, there's so many parts. First, I want to say I love business. I love business. As a TV producer, I was so used to seeing lots of zeros, even though I didn't have it because I did grow up with this like lack poverty mindset. And like, I actually like I didn't grow up with stuff, but it was nice being a TV producer and being and having access to a different reality and a different world. But I used to sell million dollar shows. And so I was very acclimated to money. It wasn't mine, but I was used to seeing it. And really, when I left that world, world, I became a full-time yoga teacher. I became a spiritual teacher. I started helping people and sharing space and running retreats for like literally $500, teaching yoga for like 50 bucks. Like it's so interesting when I think about this time because I had no money, but yeah, I lived in this like tiny home complex, which was like pretty high end. I had a pool, but I think about this time and I'm like, how did I actually pay for the rent? Like I had no income. Like the income I had was like very little, like you do the math 50 times five classes a week. Like I just wasn't making. And actually during this time, and this will all kind of bleed into my soul business, I started to connect with the energy of prosperity and abundance. And this is why I love to talk about abundance. And I call money soulful currency, which we have a trademark on. And I started to realize that I literally felt so rich, like from the inside out and that my bank account actually didn't really change that much. You know, it went down, you know, a little bit, but not as much as it should, because I was so used to operating in a way where I would spend all of my money every single week because I would just knew another paycheck was coming. But I started to become more diligent with where I was spending each and every dollar. And so I always tell people that I got initiated into working with the energy of prosperity and abundance when I was dead broke. When I did not have like money at all, I learned everything I needed to know about money. Now that I have wealth and my business makes money and it's really such a blessing, I'm so grateful for it. There are things that I always learn, but everything that I needed to learn about money was in that period. And I started to understand that it wasn't physical paper. Like I actually really started to understand that the energy of abundance and prosperity is very linked to the energy of love. Mm -hmm. And that when we try to use it and when we try to manipulate it, it only wants to run away from us. But that we can actually have this loving, beautiful relationship with the energy of abundance. And the reason why, you know, I always talk about abundance and money is because abundance is also connected to our natural state and is also connected to all the elements. Everything in earth, everything, even through my travels is abundant. Nothing is in lack. Everything has a season. Everything has a time to grow and a time to die. Everything has a cycle. Everything has a rhythm. You know, the squirrels are not like, oh my God, there isn't enough. There is enough for everything and everyone. And we can't, you know, breathe air and then be like, oh my God, I don't want to take this breath because I'm going to take it from somebody like we actually come from a limitless place when I think about the galaxy and that's why I'm obsessed with like quantum physics it's this it just keeps going mm-hmm. this never ends even the planets like we don't even know how many planets there are it just never ends we don't know how many stars this never ends same thing with love it never ends it just keeps 
going. And so if we are connected to the totality of the universe and we come from a place of pure love, light, and abundance, everything around us is that. But we're bamboozled to think that we have to work hard for it. I actually never worked hard for anything that year. And that's how I learned, oh, okay, it's not about working hard. Oh, this is a trick. You don't have to work hard for money. This is the opposite. When you work hard for money, they actually train you to be a really good employee. You don't Mm. have to work hard for money. The same way you don't have to work hard to love yourself. This is our natural state of being, but we've been disconnected from that part. And so as I started to connect more with the energy of money and I started to become a yoga teacher, I would see people laying on their mat, having these like breakthroughs and crying and releasing. And it was just a thought of mine because my one yoga class, like my one hour yoga class would end up being like two and a half hours because my students would just sit there and ask questions. Why did you leave being a TV producer? What are you doing here? They were so intrigued by that like they couldn't actually understand like wait what you know they were lawyers or like all of these like people who had pretty great jobs and careers and they just kept asking like I don't understand why do you want to do this why do you teach you look so peaceful and of course (laughs) not always peaceful I was going through my own stuff yeah I had this idea where I was like you know what instead of spending three hours in a yoga class where I'm only getting paid $50 and I have to run from one class to another let me just create a program for my students online And so at first it was $350. I taught them yoga and meditation every single week. We talk about abundance. We talked about earthing and tuning in and really, again, what makes humans happy? How can we deprogram a lot of these things that make us a slave to the matrix? And that one thing led and catapulted my whole business, that one offer. I never, never thought And I think a lot of people, when they start to like, I don't know, build successful businesses, they always say this, like, I never thought it would happen to me, but like, I never thought I was like, what people want to follow me. I'm like an Mm. old lady. I'm 38 years old now. Like what? Like I didn't even have a following or an Instagram at that, you know, but you know, I just started to share more for my students because I just felt like I'm not being of service. It doesn't feel good to me to teach and to see all of these people in pain almost because I was them. Like I was that person. I was the person that went to that yoga studio that one time that was like crying my eyes out and didn't know what was happening to me. And so there was that, like, I wanted to help. I wanted to take them further. I wanted to, you know, just talk to them. I wanted to be in community with people. I wanted to just like, for no reason, just like be with them. Mm. Yeah. That one thing just catapulted the rest. One thing just kept leading to the other. I got a business coach, which that helped too. Nice. Nice. Wow. Okay. I love the organicness that that kind of unfolded for you, but I think that those things happen when we can, you know, have the stillness when we can have the inner journey, when we can trust things to unfold, because I can share times in my life when I got in the way of that, because I started to believe my thoughts a little too much. (laughs) (laughs) And I've also experienced the opposite where things are just coming and coming and coming. And it's like, I'm not doing much technically to make them all happen other than just allowing myself to follow my intuitive self, my trusting and all of that goodness that comes with that energy. And you can still make things happen with the other energy, but like you said, it kind of falls out at some point or it doesn't gain the same kind of momentum or doesn't feel as good to us. And we start to change it or, you know, there's all of these things that can happen, but. Oh yeah. 
So I love hearing that it was this sort of unfolding. It was this one thing and you're like, and it didn't think it was going to happen to me. And then you allowed it to just keep building. Yeah. And I think that's important. You know, the allowing piece that you just said, I'll just extend that thread because Abraham Hicks talks a lot about this, about either we're allowing or we're working against. And I say either we're swimming against the current or we are receiving and our channel is open. It's really like this. They say this the same thing. You know, you're either pinching yourself off or you're allowing it. And it really is that it's, we don't have to work as hard. And yes, of course, if you work your ass off, you will get there. You're just going to be falling apart. And so why do you want to fall apart? We don't want to fall apart. We don't want to feel like, I'm exhausted. I just got here. You know, you want to be able to fly when you can fly instead of crawl, you know? and barely make it. And so, yeah, there was this allowing and I'm very specific in the people that I work with. I work with the BIPOC and LGBTQ community. Obviously I work with allies too and white body folks. Like everybody is welcome because I see people as humans and that's how I refer to our community. They're humans and we're all humans and we all have different stories and we all have different journeys. But I do primarily work with BIPOC entrepreneurs because there is this energy around the lack and the mindset and the struggle of holding money and having access to money. And spiritual entrepreneurs, the same. I think oftentimes what happens is, is that we get so connected or we are so connected to our dharma and our mission. And there is this like energy around, oh, you're a spiritual entrepreneur, then you should do it for free. You're mm-hmm. a tarot reader, you should do it for free. And it's like, why? Why do we have this poverty mindset around people who are so connected, right? They're so connected to energy and who they are and their dharma and their gift. And yet we want to cheapen their work and we feel entitled to, well, if you're doing that, then you should do it for free. Mm-hmm. Why? I always say this. If you have a soul offer and you want to do something for free, do it. That's a great. I taught yoga for free for three years. Every single Sunday, I just stopped because I'm on the road. If I wasn't on the road, I would be teaching yoga every single Sunday. I don't ask people for anything, not even a donation. There is no like pay what you can. There's nothing. It's zero dollars because that's my sole offer. Like I don't want people to pay me for yoga. I just want to give it to people. I want to share with them because I know the medicine it has brought to my life. But of course I have a business that has offers and the price is whatever price I decide because nobody gets to decide what it costs to be in service and all of the things that I have learned and the livelihood of my life. And so I think there's also this energy around what's too much and what's too little. You know what? You can have an offer that's $1. Guess what? For the right person, that $1 is too much. And so this is all about perspective, which is again, like leads back to yoga. Like how can the same person or multiple people look at the same thing and have all different viewpoints on it. And it's because our perception, we all have our own colored lenses that we see life through. And so if you're a person who is more connected to your human self, yeah, you're going to think $1,000 is too much, $2,000 too much. If you're a person who is connected more to your quantum self, to your highest self, you're like, more is available. Nothing gets to be right or wrong and not sure why I ended up going into the pricing. But again, I'm really championing for people and beings that are connected to their dharma and their spirit and their work. The most important work, this gets me so fired up because the most important work that we can do as human beings is to help other beings. It's not to heal other beings because sometimes there is this energy around like, you know, we have to heal people. 
No, this is fucking wrong. Everybody knows how to heal themselves. Don't come to me thinking that I'm God and I'm going to heal you. You heal you. You fix you. Mm -hmm. I can activate you. I can share some of the things that I've gone through, my own teachings, my wisdom, how I look and see things. And that may spark something within you, but everybody got it. Everybody has the ability to heal themselves. It's a decision on whether or not you want to be in community with other people, because as we are in community with other people, they do take us further. Yeah. Even the Buddha had a mentor, many mentors. Everybody has mentors. Everybody has those teachers, those gurus. The most important guru is within you. 100%. You are your own guru. You are your own teacher. You're your own leader. And there's somebody in front of you that can be your guru. And the elements can be your guru. Your dog can be your guru. The energy of fear and resistance is my guru. You know, there's so many gurus all around us. And so, yeah, it's really important for me to share that message for us to not give up our power. And it's beautiful to have a business. It's beautiful to share. It's beautiful to have a price and make sure that you're not, you know, make your work cheaper or, you know, it's important. <laughs> it is extremely important. And I do see why we ended up here because one, a lot of my listeners are artists and spiritual coaches or leaders or, you know, working in the space that we just went through the, the ideas of, you know, the stigmas that come with that work. And also oftentimes as artists and spiritual people, healers, whatever, we also feel like, oh, I just want to do it but then this is all I want to do. So then where's the money part come in? Like you have to get comfortable at some point with learning what that sort of relationship is with yeah. the money part and the worth part, realizing that they're not necessarily the same thing. That's a whole pulled apart conversation we can go down, but sharing about price, I think is really important. And this podcast is free, you know, your podcast, I think is free, right? So there's lots of free things we can do for people that is just on our heart that we love to do that we want to give always, always options is what I'm saying. And I love that you shared that because we can always choose what is the best thing, but we have to get that information from ourselves. So I love that you shared on that. Yeah, it's important. It's very important. And it's important that our livelihood, everyone's livelihood is healthy. Yeah. You know, when we're unhealthy, when I was that version of me that was drinking and smoking and doing all this stuff, like I could never imagine, you know, thinking about eating right and being connected to my soul business and making sure that as my soul business grows, I grow too. One is feeding the other. When yeah. I'm not well, I cannot share. We've all been here. What listener has felt that you were off that one day? You can't create content. You can't show up because you're not well. When you're not well, your focus is getting well. The person who is in a hospital bed, they're not worried about financial wealth. They're only worried about getting well because that's the focus. And then when you're well and you don't have financial wealth, your focus is how can I become wealthy? You know, our mind, our body, our spirit, our financial well-being, our emotional well-being, our mental well-being, all of these things matter. And one doesn't matter more than the other. They all matter. When you're well and you can feed your vessel and your body and you become that open channel, you're able to bring that out into the world, into the universe. I was just talking about this with a student of mine. I said, you know, I just geek out thinking that one day I'm going to die. I mean, we're all going to die. Like let's just, <laughs> we're all on the path, right? But like, I get to know that this podcast, it gets to exist forever. And if I have a kid, they're going to listen to it. And maybe 
there's somebody else, maybe this work completely transforms somebody because they listen to you or they listen to me. Like that just lights me up. And I can't do that when I'm drunk. I can't do that when I'm not well. I cannot do that when I charge people $1 because I'm too afraid. My business has taught me how to step into myself. It has taught me how to advocate for myself. It has taught me that I have fucking something to say and what I have to say is important. And only the person who decides to blaze that trail and says, you know what? I'm the one. I'm the one that's going to go first. I'm the one that's going to do this. I'm the one that's going to alchemize this poverty mindset in my family. I'm the one that's going to show up and share with spiritual entrepreneurs that, yes, we can charge. And we have to stop feeling bad about that, that when we're well, we serve our community. And that's the whole point. It's not to make money, not to make a million dollars, although our business has made a million dollars. It's not about that, though. It's just about the message. It's about when we're good and we're connected, we have higher perspective and we get to share and flow that through people. And imagine if everybody did that. Yeah. We'd all be thinking differently. We'd all be having different conversations. We wouldn't even be talking about wellness. Mm-hmm. We would be having another conversation. We would be too busy like being the fucking powerful beings that we know that we are. And we'd probably be figuring out like how to fly by now. Who knows? Yeah. We You're right. worried about this. <laughs> That's such a fun way to think about it. It's like, if we got to a place where we're all operating this way, like what would we be talking about then? What would we be working on? What would we be doing? What would we be trying to figure out next? Or that's a really fun energy to play in. I, I like that a lot, especially from a quantum physics geeky place too, because I, I love all that stuff too. That's kind of where it started for me as well. I know we're going over on time because I could just talk to you forever. It turns out <laughs> this is super fun for, for someone who is just hearing this kind of message for the first time or wanting to start, you know, charging their worth or wanting to start stepping into a business, or is that that kind of beginning point with their own journey, their own transformation? What do you suggest for them? What do you think is a good first step? Yeah, I always come with strategy to the table because I feel like that's our weakness. Spiritual entrepreneurs, we're very good at being the creative, the artist, the muse. We're very good at zooming out and seeing the big picture. We just can't figure out like the details of how to actually get there. And so the exercise really is to ask yourself, pick a number that the numbers on the lower end and that number just would not be worth your time, like actual time for you to do X, Y, and Z. And I want you to write that down. And so that's what I did to figure out my first offer. I I told myself, okay, what number, if I didn't get paid this, like it just would not be enough. And so I just wrote it down. It could be a hundred dollars for you. It could be a thousand. It's like, if it's less than this, I shouldn't do it. And then on the other end, I want you to ask yourself, what number is the number that feels like it would be too much and it would throw you over the edge. It would not be a healthy edge. And I want you to write that number down. So that's your high and you have your low. You have the number that you're like, I'm not going to fucking do this. And you have another number that you're like, I'm not going to fucking do this one either because I'm going to die. My spirit and my nervous system is not going to handle it. I always tell people, pick a number in the middle. What's the number in the middle? And then just start to play around with like, should you go a little bit higher? Should you go a little lower? I have my students close their eyes, bring their hands to their body, maybe their belly, maybe their heart, and really ask their inner being, what number feels like a healthy edge? Now, notice that I said healthy edge. And I didn't say what number is your worth because listen, I believe I should be getting paid billions of dollars. You know, if you ask me what my worth is, I'm going to come up with a ridiculous number because I really feel like I have a million dollars worth of information to give. That's just how I feel. However, 
my body has not calibrated to that yet. And so I have to get really honest and work with myself now. And so this is, again, what I always teach our students. It's like, where are you now? And can you hold another reality that you will get there too? Once upon a time, I charge people $50 for my time. Another, you know, once upon a time, I would charge people $1,000 for, you know, one-on-one coaching, then 2000 then 5000 then 7000 8000 a month. Like, you know, it took time for my body to get there. And so that is the specific exercise that I do with my mastermind students, with my Unleash and Unbill, your business students. Try as much as you can to not bring worth into it and really start to allow your inner being to really figure out what number is in alignment with you now. It may be a little lower than what you want, but I always tell our students, it's better that you sell something for five spots for $1,000 than you sell zero at 2000 because you feel you need to get paid 2000 it's like but you could have worked with five people so what the fuck is your intention isn't your intention to help people isn't your intention to work with people so you got to work with people and you got to work with yourself first you got to work with what you got where you're at right now without needing and wanting to be somewhere else and that's a big lesson for people That's the key right there. I mean, that exercise is amazing. I've worked through a lot of my pricing with something very similar to what you just described. It really does work and it's something you can do forever. You grow with that exercise, but what you just said is, yes. How are we dealing with who we are in the moment too? And super important. Yeah. Super important part. Yeah. Juicy conversation today. Yes. (laughs) So one last question for you. If there's one thing that you would want someone to understand from what we talked about today, if you had to just pick one theme or one thing that you really want them to understand, if there's nothing else that they walk away with, what would that be? Mm, The message (laughs) is always the same. And I got my little alien socks on. And the message is always that we truly, truly have everything inside of us to do anything and everything that's possible. That we do come from this vast, infinite intelligence because we come from the cosmos and we come from somewhere not from Earth. That there is this quantum connection to who we are and that there is no limit. In fact, our cells hold every infinite possibility that we ever wanted to be. And so it's really about activating. Ask yourself, if I'm not where I want to be, how can I turn that on? How can I activate the cells, my DNA? Because I got it. I'm no different than anybody else. And the last message that I'll share is don't ever be jealous of somebody else. Don't be jealous of, you know, the other person that's ahead of you or is at where you desire to be because the way you meet them is how people will meet you when you are them. And also, when you see someone's greatness, they're mirroring your greatness right back to you. So it's not really them that you're seeing. There is no separation. They're just showing you that you already have this. You just got to turn on the light switch. I always tell people, you have everything you've ever desired. It's like you're in a room and it's dark and you have everything you've ever wanted. For me, it's vegan cookies and a bunch of other things. I'd be like, everything you've ever wanted is in that room, but you got to turn on the lights. We just don't see it. So it's never about making money. It's never about becoming who you are. It's noticing that you're already that. I just got chills. I love that statement. I 100% agree. It is such a beautiful analogy of turning the lights on and just waking up 
and like going, all right, like what's in this room? I say often you already have everything you need. And this is in the alignment with that energy you just shared. And it's so beautiful and so true and powerful. And I feel so energized after talking with you. So thank you so much for this conversation and how can we connect with you? Yeah. You can always follow me on Instagram. I'm always there hanging out in the DMs. I check my DMs. It's me. And so, so often people will always be like, is that really you? Yep. It's me. I'm at, I am Melissa Ruiz. I'm also on my website. You can find me at www.iammelissaruiz.com. And that's mainly where I'm at. You can also find me on TikTok. I'm underscore uh, I am Melissa Ruiz. If you ever have any questions about stepping into your potentiality and activating all of it and how to start your soul business, you can always just shoot me a DM. One thing that I'm really proud of is the community we've built. We've built a community, Unleash and Unveil. We built it brick by brick, person by person, talking to people, getting curious about where they are and where they desire to be and what's in the way. And so, yeah, I'm always down to talk to people. <laughs> That's amazing. And don't you have a launch right now or a program or something that you are working on? Do you want to share about that? Oh my God, yes. My birthday. Oh. My birthday is in two weeks. No, my birthday is next week. My birthday is December 26 <laughs> and I'm having a birthday launch. And so- I have a lot of beautiful offerings, anything from like, honestly, $7. I recorded, if you know, DJ Taz Rashid, he's a dear brother of mine. We recorded a binaural beat journey. It's 20 minutes and it's really meant to unlock and rewire a lot of these stories that keep us stuck in this poverty mindset. And so literally seven bucks. I have things, anything from that to $330 for my biz bundle to all the way up to my mastermind and my other signature program. Unleash and unveil your soul business. If you just head over to I am Melissa Ruiz, click the link and you'll see it. If you have questions, DM me. But yeah. Well, happy almost birthday. It sounds like some really fun stuff to get into that you're making available there. And yeah, just thank you so much for this wonderful, wonderful, twisty, turvy, wonderful conversation we just had. It's everything that I love. Yes, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. It's just so expansive. And I just I love connecting with people and just the way you hold space to allow the conversation to unfold and no real specific needing it to be a certain way just really led for a polling conversation. And so I'm super grateful and thankful to you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to People Begin. We hope that these episodes are helping inspire and empower you to take your next steps towards whatever you're thinking of creating. And if you want more tools, resources, and techniques for your creative process and to connect with me directly, then I'd love to invite you to our Unleash Creative Community. Just follow the link in the show notes and I'll look forward to meeting you there. Happy creating. Happy creating.